the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Tyson, we have to talk loud today. Our guess is the audio is not doing so great, so we're going to speak very loudly on today's show. Yes, we are. So this is our last demo of the day. We've had a bunch of them. So this is an exciting one. We have a, a phenomenal, phenomenal guest. She's an immigration attorney from Canada. Evelyn Aka, how are you? I'm great, Tyson. Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me. Oh, Evelyn, it's great to have you. Why don't you go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about your experience since law school, what you did, and then when you started your firm, and then we can get into deeper issues. Sounds great. Well, I've been practicing law since 1999. I used to be a corporate lawyer in Toronto for a couple of years and hated it. And I moved into corporate immigration at a big uh, five accounting firm. And ever since I've been practicing Canadian and NAFTA US corporate and personal immigration law. And I became a partner at a big law firm and moved to to Calgary, Alberta from Toronto, Ontario. And then I started my law firm 12 years ago. When I had my children, it was necessary to do some adjustments. And so I started ACA Business Immigration Law so I could have more flexibility and more time with my family. So, you know, we've heard this story quite a bit, you know, where you've got someone that's worked for this, a bigger firm, you know, and then they go and they do their own thing. So What's that life change like? Oh, wow. It's, um, you're doing everything yourself. I mean, having come from like a global law firm and all of a sudden you're doing your marketing, you're doing your BD, you know, it's just a very different model. But I was always really entrepreneurial, even in the big firm. And I marketed across the firm as well as externally. And so I knew already that, you know, I would be pretty successful because I already was doing a lot of those things, treating my practice almost like my own firm. So it made it easier when I exited. Basically, almost all my clients came with and I just opened my own door. Let's talk about those days leading up before you left your old firm and then the days right after you started. Talk to us about how that went. I'm sure it was a little bit stressful to see if the clients were going to join you. Uh, Walk us through that if you could, Evelyn. Well, I think for me, it was, I was adopting twins. I just happened to be on my own at the time. And it was uh, crazy. 
And I just, as soon as I was advised that I was going to be selected as an adoptive parent of like newborns, it was like, let's make some changes quick. So I literally started my firm in three weeks. And so there wasn't a lot of like planning. It was just kind of find a great space that was a shared office space and let the firm know and they had to do the notifications, you know, like the lawyers, let them know where you're leaving, all of that. And then it's up to the clients. I wasn't overly concerned because immigration is so specialized, as you know, Jim, that even if you're in a big firm where they do corporate and litigation and everything else under the sun and securities law, they only know you. And at the time, there were a very small number of immigration lawyers in that large firm. So I didn't worry too much because I felt like a lot of them stayed on the the other sides of the practices that they were using, but they came with me for immigration. And so it was starting from nothing, boxes everywhere, hired my first paralegal probably within a month and just kept going. So I'm really curious to see how things since like COVID has ended, how things have changed because I feel like in Canada, things stayed closed a little bit longer. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but how has that had an effect? And I also, it's, and I know very little bit about immigration, but I have heard that Canada is more restrictive when it comes to immigration than the United States. So how has that affected your business since COVID, since 2020? Well, you know me and you know what I'm kind of doing and why I'm in the guild and how great it's been for me so far. But COVID really hit me and it was really a bit of a shock. I wasn't expecting such a decline. The borders were closed. And as a cross-border, this is really what I call myself, a cross-border lawyer, doing immigration into Canada from everywhere in the world, and then doing into US just for Canadians. When the borders are closed, that's not happening. So a lot of my corporate clients who are bringing executives and skilled workers to the US, that stopped. And into Canada from the US, that also stopped. So we were focused on a lot of things like permanent residence, criminality applications, things that were processed at the consulate, but not at the port of entry. And it really affected our practice. You know, we went from our best year to a decline and then another decline. And interestingly enough, the third year was the worst year. It finally hit us. So we're in a rebuilding stage where now we're having like a fabulous year, but I don't even know how to explain it because the borders have been opened longer than the last, you know, few months, but it's taken a while for us to recover from that and made me think about how to diversify my practice. What can I do to ensure this doesn't happen again? That type of thing. I think sometimes as law firm owners, we're a little slow to react. And I'm wondering, when was it that you realized during that three-year period you just discussed that something was wrong? Oh, I knew pretty quick. And I spent so much time and money in marketing. Whereas a lot of law firms and lawyers were just like retreating and just like, oh my God, we're, we're going to die and we're closing shop. And, you know, especially in immigration, at least in Canada, people were really freaked out. People were leaving or they're shutting their doors or whatever. I was spending more money on marketing. I was trying to make sure we could be found. I was pushing harder. It was just incredible because I wasn't getting the kind of results I would normally get from that kind of a financial and time investment. And that's what was really frustrating. It was like, what's happening? I couldn't control it. I didn't understand what was taking place. And it was never, it was unprecedented. So I didn't really know what else I could do except keep hustling, keep working harder and marketing everywhere. So every time I've talked to you, it seems like you have a really good, like positive team environment. 
And so what do you, and maybe I'm wrong, but it just, it definitely does seem like that. So what do you do in the firm to make sure you foster that sort of environment? Well, I can't say it's perfect. You know, being an owner, it's challenging ups and downs. And sometimes I've made bad hiring decisions for sure. I've learned over 12 years. So for me, I really want to find people who get it, who understand that this is a business and that I'm here to help them grow and learn. And they're also here to learn from me and to help contribute to the success of the firm. And so really a big team focused approach. And I think as soon as I recognize somebody doesn't have that mentality, you have to make decisions. I don't want anything to impact the group. Right now, there are about 12 or 13 of us, and everybody is very supportive of each other. We work hard. We can count on each other. And that's really important to me that they take ownership of their roles and the firm. So it's not perfect. I've spent a lot of time and money on team retreats and and books and development for everybody and for myself as a leader. But I think it's a constant work in progress. And as the firm, one thing I've learned over the years is the firm does as well as the leader is doing and that everything comes back to me. And so no matter how much personal work and self-help and reading and courses and training, at the end of the day, my attitude, my presence, my behavior, my expectations of myself impact everybody else and the quality of the firm. So mindset is really, really important. That's awesome. Talk to us a little bit about the experience of practicing law in two different countries. I think some people freak out about practicing in more than one state. Talk to us about what it's been like practicing under the jurisdictions of two different systems. I love it. I mean, I think it's kind of Again, I was working at a big accounting firm and we were helping global companies cross the border. And when I need to, of course, I hire, I bring on a U.S. attorney. I don't do any green card, anything permanent that needs to be submitted into the government centers. We don't do. But what I love about being able to do port of entry work is that you get your answer right away. So as somebody like me who is a quick start, I think I'm a nine on a quick start for Colby. I like to know that I can finish an application if my team does it in two days, the person's got their work permit, I feel a sense of accomplishment and I'm happy and move on to the next. So I like the port of entry because you're not dealing with as much bureaucracy. You're not waiting months and months and years for a decision. And it also allows you to prepare your clients and give them that confidence that you're on call. I'm on call when they travel and they know they can call or text me as long as the officers are good with that at the border if there's a problem and I can get involved and advocate if needed for them right then and there. So they feel confidence knowing that I'm available if needed. So it's been really interesting. I mean, I should do my U.S. bar. It's one of those, I'm going to do it. Then the kids came. I was like, oh, I'm going to do it. And now there are 12 and I'm like, oh my God, I literally just have to write one exam in Massachusetts and, and I would be an attorney. But I feel like I've got great colleagues in the U.S. So unless, you know, it becomes urgent or critical, I'm happy being a member of AILA, the American Immigration Lawyers Association, and doing Canadian immigration. It works for me. You know, it's funny, like as much as I've talked to you, I still don't think I've got a really good grasp on like what your day-to-day looks like. So what does your day-to-day look like? How much of inside the business stuff are you doing versus on the business? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm really working hard to get out of the day-to-day. And we actually have a family trip planned to Africa, to Ghana in a couple months for two and a half, three weeks. And we're preparing for that now. I want to make sure people will be able to do it all without me. So 
I would say my day-to-day is mostly spent doing team meetings. We do huddles with our remote team and in-office team and doing consultations, paid consultations. And so my goal, one of the things I want to really think about is how can I remove myself from doing them at all? You know, and I do have the highest conversion rate, but it's also it takes time and I don't want to be responsible to be doing them all. So um, my days are probably, I would say, 30% reviewing, signing off on applications. And the rest is business development, marketing activity, what else, and consultations. The Guild is Maximum Lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you're granted exclusive access to quarterly in-person events around the country. The next mastermind is coming up on July 20th and 21st in Denver, Colorado, featuring hot seat sessions and personal coaching with renowned performance coach Jason Selk. This event will give you the opportunity to work directly with Jason, who has helped countless high-performing individuals and teams reach their full potential. During the hot seat sessions, you'll gain valuable insights and learn strategies to help you overcome the challenges you're facing in your practice. For a limited time, you can get your ticket at the lowest early bird price. Head to maxlawevents.com to join now and reserve your spot at the upcoming Guild Mastermind. You're listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Our guest today is business immigration lawyer Evelyn Aka. We're so happy to have her with us. Just as an aside, if I tell my son Yusuf that you're going to Ghana, he's going to want to go with you. That's high on his list of places he wants to visit. <laughs> we'll take him. <laughs> my husband is coming for the first time and, you know, he's going to be one of the few white people there that my kids, when we first went, they were like, we saw three white people the whole month we we're here. So it's so, and they were seven. So um, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun trip. That's fantastic. So it's been fun to watch. You've been in the guild for a while now, but not too terribly long. And it's great to see the difference between where you were when you came and where you are now. And you were excited to post about your great first quarter of 2023 in the guild the other day. Can you talk a little bit about that part of the journey? Yeah. I mean, I think mindset really plays a big part. And I was starting to get a little down on things that weren't working. You know, you're like doing all these things and it's not working. And you're like, what else can I do? And so I joined the guild, I think, in like the summer, late summer of 2022. And it's been great. I mean, it's just a wonderful, positive group of people, really supportive. And I think I just had to shift my mindset and also look at tweaking things as opposed to like throwing it all away and starting over. So the biggest thing I've done, I think has made a big difference is improved our intake we use Lawmatics and we finally got it all done working automated. And that's a big time investment. So I spent a lot of time last year getting that up and running fully. And then we have our two and a half client engagement people. They've been great. And then the other thing we did was really focus on SEO because at Echo Law, our website, we've got tons and tons of content. And so paid ads like Google, PPC, whatever, wasn't working. And I was spending lots of money every month and nothing was really, those were not really capturing the leads we needed. And so the SEO changes we've made over the last few months have been really critical. They've moved us up in many, many markets, which has led to more people finding us and allowing us to help more people with immigration. So you mentioned mindset and how much do you think of like our success and how we do things and and how we run our firms has to do with mindset? Is it a small thing or is it a big thing? And I don't want to lead you too much on that. Like, is it, maybe it's not a big thing to you, but I I am curious because you said you kind of got over that a little bit. And so what is it about mindset? Like, and, and, and how do you think it has an impact on what we do? 
Yeah, I think it's really important. I think I was just starting to get kind of down about the last challenging couple of years. And it starts to just be a part of your personality almost a little bit, right? And so I think being optimistic and seeing success again and feeling like, okay, we're back on track. But I think mindset's probably like 75, 80% of it. I really do. And even though I felt like I was being positive, there was still a part of me that was like, oh, but the border, oh, you know, COVID, oh, COVID, COVID. And it was just felt like this crutch or this reason to be excusing what had occurred. And when I finally just let that go and I said, forget that, let it go. You can't keep talking about COVID anymore. That's not the reason what things are not working. And so just slowly kind of building up and building out of that, crawling out of it, really seemed to help and seeing some adjustments and tweaks really that we needed to make that has really affected how the whole team is feeling about how we're doing. We're having our team quarterly retreat next week and it's going to be great. We're going to be talking about the quarter, what worked, what didn't work, getting ideas from the team. We're even doing a presentation with our HR consultant on communication across the team, making sure, you know, we know how to deal with conflict if we don't agree how we communicate and let it go, that's kind of my way of dealing. I don't, you don't want people to hold on to things because we're going to get bigger. And so we need to kind of come up with agreeing to our standards of communication that work for everybody. So yeah, I just, I think mindset is critical and the team's mindset has to also be on par with the leader's mindset. I think you generally have a, a very positive attitude. I love talking to you. You get me pumped up talking about being a lawyer and about running a law firm. I've loved having you in the group. And I just think that, you know, the sky's the limit for you. So my question, though, is if you could go back now to March 15th, 2020, to me, that's the date that COVID really hit. That's when I knew about COVID being a real thing. Of all things, we were scheduled to take a family trip to China that spring break. Wow. And we canceled that. And then we had to cancel a trip to Disneyland. So if you could go back to March of 2020 and whisper in your ear, what would you tell yourself? Hmm, that's a good question. I think I would just tell myself it'll all work out and probably pivot. I felt like I pivoted quickly. I mean, people were working at home, boom, because we already had remote people working. We have technology. But that was not an issue. I think I would tell myself maybe let's look at another practice area sooner than later. I would think about diversification, like should we do some employment law? Should we bring in a tax person? Those are the complementary practices to my practice. Usually, should we do wills and estates? Like, I think I should have considered maybe a little bit faster. I mean, nobody knew how long we think it's a few months and then it's, you know, but I think it really made me think about what else I could have been doing to help our clients more as opposed to kind of freaking out about COVID and what the impacts were to the border. So I want to talk a little bit more about the diversification part of it. So it generally, and maybe I don't understand what you mean by it, but generally that goes contrary to what Jim and I recommend when it comes to niching down, right? So that means you're probably adding on additional product offerings or service offerings. So tell us what your thought process is on this because I, I want to get it from your perspective. And because here's the thing, you may be 100% right that that's what you need to do. I'm just curious. I want to hear more about it. Yeah. Well, I feel like, of course, I love what I do and I wouldn't be doing it for 23, 24 years if I didn't. But this experience, you know, yes, we need foreign workers. We need workers. Canada and the US we clearly need highly skilled, educated people. And there's an aging population. Everybody thinks I'm going to be swamped forever. 
And that would be great if I was swamped and busy doing immigration. But I do think one of the things I think about is what else can we provide to our clients when they come to Canada or the U.S.? So things like, do they have a will now that they are in Canada? They bought a house. They have children. So just kind of complementary supports, not to take away, because I am very much like you. You need to niche. And I niched really quickly. I loved it. And that was clear. But I feel like I don't necessarily have to do it. But right now we already have a Wills associate who's working on contract. So we're starting to market that practice to help our existing clients who don't have a Canadian will, for instance. Employment law, a lot of times we bring people and something happens and they need to talk to an employment lawyer. I refer those out. Perhaps that's another contracted, you know, of counsel relationship. Again, I'm not trying to do more, but I'm trying to be able to offer more to clients and also help us insulate ourselves a little bit from the ups and downs. And that's kind of what I'm thinking about. Evelyn, one of the things that we talk about a lot on this show, as you know, is going out on your own and that there are a lot of people who are afraid to do that. And a lot of people are, though, in traditional fields that sort of lend themselves to going out on your own. And I think the greatest reluctance that I've seen so far from people wanting to go out on their own are ones who are at big firms. There's a lot of perks of being in a big firm. There's a lot of financial stability and support that you get. And what, what would you say to people who are in a big firm who maybe are listening or have heard or are thinking about going out on their own? What advice would you have for those people? I think you need to treat, I mean, for me, I was already niche practice in a big firm. And I was a senior associate and then I made partner. And I think I treated my clients and my practice like my own little firm in a big firm. And I think it's really important if you're in a big firm that you treat it like it's your own business. And that really helped me because I marketed across the firm. I marketed externally. People all knew internationally. Evelyn did Canadian immigration law, you know, and created work. And when you help a lawyer, you save their client's butt or whatever, they love you forever because you have come through, you know, and that's what leads to the, you're basically marketing and business development internally. So I feel like big law associates should be thinking about their work like it's their own and building those personal relationships, making sure they're the ones that talk to the client. They're the ones that meet the client you know, at least on their practice area and that they own the file, like they treat it like it's their own. I think that mindset really helps because you're going to be doing that on your own. And so you might as well start sooner. And what's one of the areas I love about immigration things I loved was unlike corporate law, where you needed tons of people and you didn't really have autonomy with immigration law. I had a lot of autonomy as an associate. I literally, nobody knew what I was doing (laughs) very rarely, you know, maybe it was one or two other lawyers across the whole firm, but I owned the file. I had autonomy. I could come and work as late as I needed one day and I could go home early the next because I wasn't on a deal with 20 other associates. So there's a lot of freedom in that. And that's why I think people should niche in the big firm. Figure that out. You know, not just be a general corporate lawyer, figure out your niche. And then it gives you more autonomy and it makes it easy, I think, to be more portable. All right. So Jim and I know an attorney. Her name is Debbie Champion. She worked for a firm in St. Louis that Long ago, had had a bunch of people left, right? And then people were getting laid off afterwards. And she left with the group that took the bulk of the business. And I wonder if you've got any advice or if any war stories when it comes to. And I really want you to speak to like that introverted attorney. It's like, well, I don't need to bring in my own business. I just want to work on cases, and I don't want to work on that side of things. What advice would you have to that attorney? Because I 100% agree with you, but I think there is that attorney that says, well, I just don't want to do that. 
I don't know what to say to that person because, you know, I think that you're really working as an employee and less like an owner. And even as a junior associate and a senior associate, I acted like an owner. And I think that's really important. You know, the partners saw me even sometimes like, you know, saving their clients' butts and they were like, whoa, this, you know. And so they were treating me earlier like a partner because I operated that way. And, you know, whatever was important to them, the numbers, the hours, whatever, those became important to me. And I think you can't just sit there and look to be fed and keep your head down. Those are the people sometimes that are the first to go because you're not indispensable from a business development perspective. So even if you're an introvert, what I love about big firms is they give you so much training on marketing, business development, you know, all of those things to make sure etiquette, whatever, how to dress so that you know how to go out and be appropriate and to be able to represent them well. So I feel like you should be taking advantage of all of that. Otherwise, you're going to be somebody who's a grinder or somebody in the back mining. But those are the people that I think go first when there is a, you know, a downsizing, unfortunately. No doubt. And thanks for that. I just want to make sure people heard that from someone that's done it before because I think it's an important thing. Well, Evelyn, this is great. I'd love to be able to continue talking to you. I do want to be respectful of your time. So we're going to begin to wrap things up. Before we do, I want to make sure that I remind everyone to join us in the big Facebook group. Go to Facebook, search Maximum Lawyer and join us there. And then if you want a more high-level conversation with wonderful people like Evelyn, go to maxlawguild.com and join us there. And then while you're listening to the rest of this episode, if you don't mind giving us a five-star review, wherever you get your podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. It helps spread the love. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? I think we as law firm owners do a varying degree of successful job of onboarding new people. And this book, The First 90 Days, is one that Adela has used and we've used it uh, with our leadership team on sort of onboarding beyond the first three days. You know, I think a lot of people might do some training, then they shadow for a day or two, and then they say, okay, go swim. And this book really sort of sets out a, a systematic way of making sure that you get that training that Evelyn was just talking about, that whatever training you want your team to have, that you're being sort of more purposeful about it, more systematic about it. I love it. It's good advice. All right, Evelyn, we always ask our guests to give a tip or hack of the week. What you got for us? Oh, goodness. I wasn't as ready for this, I think. One thing I really love is Restream. And I moved away from StreamYard to Restream probably a few months ago. And what I love about it is it lets me do LinkedIn Lives. It goes to every social platform at the same time. It's really easy. And so we've been using that and moved away from the other one. So people might want to check it out. It's not very expensive, but it's helping us kind of get out a little bit more without having to repackage anything and make sure that everybody can find you on social media. You know, it's funny. I have a Restream and I have not used it. Like actually, I don't think I've ever used it. And I, I got it whenever it was, um, it was like one of those websites where you like when they first launched it and like you have like a license forever. I have a license. I don't pay every month and it's, it's, so it's basically free now and I don't use it. So maybe I need to look into it more. So you think it's better than StreamYard? I do. I mean, I, I've been seeing some of the little challenges that have been coming up with you guys in StreamYard and I think I suggested it. So you might want to try it and see. Okay. I mean, I have to play around with it. I've got basically a free one, so I'll give it a shot. So, But my tip of the week is it's steve.ai. And I don't know if you'll have seen this, but you can create really easy animated videos or like videos in general just by plugging in the transcript. It's steve.ai. And there's a free version. I was playing around with the free version. You can upgrade to like premium to like remove like the branding and stuff, but it's really cool. Like you can just plug in a script and then it took, I don't know, 
45 seconds. I plugged in the script and it generated like an animated video that people spend a lot of money on. It's, it's really interesting. So is it animated of you? No, <laughs> it's not of me. Like drawn, right? Yeah, exactly. It was oh, really cool. Wow. Yeah. So it's really cool. So yeah, steve.ai. It's a pretty cool little website to play around. So, like if you're bored, go play around with it. So <laughs> I will. <laughs> well, Evelyn, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Always a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. I'm going to see you soon back in Austin. Awesome. It's going to be great. Bye, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.